And all right. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters. I said, good morning, brothers and sisters. All right. My name is Marcel Hall, and uh, with my wife, Karina, we help uh, lead in the OC Church of Christ. And it's an honor and a privilege to be able to worship here with you this morning, and a privilege and an honor to be able to speak this morning as well. Uh, so grateful for all of you who are visiting here for the first time, or you've been visiting for a long time, or you've uh, come time to time. We're so grateful to have you, and so grateful to have all of you who are joining us online as well. One let you know if you're visiting, you're here with a very special group of people. Uh, they are a very special group of people, not just to me, uh, not just to their mama and their daddy, but they're special for many ways. Uh, this is a group of people who love God and have been faithful to God. A group that uh, is not perfect, but a group that has been changed by the message of the resurrection of Jesus. And I'm so grateful to be here in the OC Church. And if you're visiting, we hope and pray that you will feel like, well, I feel like I'm already part of the family. And we hope that you feel the presence of God and that you're able to worship God this morning. Today is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, the time where we remember in a very specific, intentional, and special way the foundation of our faith, and that is the resurrection of Jesus. And we had a good Friday service, good being that Jesus took our sins upon the cross on that Friday, and we had a marvelous time. And now here we are today celebrating the foundation of our salvation. And I'm excited to get into the Word of God this morning. And we're going to be talking about resurrection, obviously, but the message, the title of the message today is The Tomb is Still Empty. The tomb is still empty. If you will pray with me. Father, thank you so much already for the service that we've been able to participate in. God, to hear Elijah's story, to hear the hope that you have provided through the resurrection. God, to reflect upon you through song and prayer. And God, be able to sing out and encourage one another. It has been fulfilling to say no less. And God, I pray right now, though, that your word may penetrate our souls. It will lead us to a depth in our love, a depth in our relationship, and a depth in our connection to one another. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Going over in your Bibles to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And you know, the resurrection is one of the few times where you find something empty and it's a good thing. And in fact, it's probably the only time you find something empty and you celebrate over it. Because think about this, when you go to the refrigerator and you try to get that orange juice or that milk and the carton is empty. All bad, isn't it? Right? Or you go to your, your car and the gas tank is empty. All bad. Or when you, uh, you know, let's say you get a gag gift or something, you open up a gift or you're expecting a gift in this box in this bag and it's empty. All bad, isn't it? Or when you go to the refrigerator and you look, or maybe it's on the counter, and you thought it was some leftovers or some food in a bag or a container, and you go and it's empty? All bad, isn't it? But when we come to the tomb where Christ was laid and it's empty, we rejoice. It's actually the best thing that's ever happened for all of mankind and for all of creation. And it's good news then 
And it's still good news in 2022 for you and me. And so we're going to be looking at this a little bit. Why is it a good thing? How does it inspire celebration? And how does this empty tomb apply to our lives? And what can it do for us on a daily basis? So let's go to Jerusalem. Let's go to the place in which Christ was buried about 2,000 years ago. And the main point here for today is that empty tomb equals full peace. You know, our God is a God of paradoxes. He came down low to lift us up high. When we humble ourselves, he actually exalts us. And when there's an empty tomb, that actually equals full peace for those who would choose to follow him. So in John chapter 20, give you the context here, Jesus had died on Friday. And so we, we, we have in John chapter 20, we're going to take it up here, Sunday morning has come and some of Jesus' followers, some women, hallelujah for the women, they're faithful. They go to the tomb to check it out. They, they want to uh, uh, actually go and, and, and do some, um, some, some things there for Jesus' body because they're just, they're, they're so grateful, but yet they're so moved with tears and sadness, feeling a whole lot. But they get to the tomb and the tomb is empty. What happened? They go back, they tell Peter and John, two of Jesus' followers, hey, the tomb is empty. They run over there. They go, wait a second, you're right, it's empty. And then during this time, Jesus appears to Mary and then he gives her some instruction. Go tell the disciples about this. And so this takes us to John chapter 20 and verse 19. Church, are you with me so far? All right, let's keep going here. In verse 19, it says, on the evening of that first day of the week, that Sunday, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciple, disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I would not believe. Thomas is pretty hardcore, isn't he? He needs like all three pieces of evidence. I'm just not going to listen to you. I need to go and check. I need to verify. Give me my magnifying glass, right? Give me my DNA test. I mean, he's hardcore. He's pretty stubborn. But don't be too hard on Thomas because I'm sure at some point in your existence, you've been pretty stubborn as well. And so we continue reading and it says, a week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We'll stop right there. You know, for the first time, it stood out to me this past week, several times where Jesus says, peace be with you. 
And later on in, 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 in the rabbinic uh, uh, Hebrew there uh, culture, this would become a, a formal greeting. Like, hey, what's happening? How you doing? But Jesus, when he says these words, we can tell just looking at the context, this was not a formal greeting. This was no ordinary greeting. He wasn't saying, hey, what's up? He was saying, peace be with you. There was more to it and more that he was providing with that statement. Because he says it three times and twice right back to back. He says it right here. He came among and said, peace be with you. And then what? after he said this, he showed him his hands and his side. Then he goes on right after that, peace be with you. Hey, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So again, this is not, hey, what's up? Hey, check it out. Hey, what's up? I'm sending you on a mission. That wouldn't make any sense. Jesus isn't illogical. He's conferring something to them. This peace that only he could provide through his resurrection. And then with Thomas, he helps him with his hard-headed hard belief. Peace be with you. And he, he, he shows Thomas, I truly am alive. And what do we see here? This resurrection of Jesus, this empty tomb brought peace to his followers. Peace be with you from the dis disciples, their dismay, their discouragement, their disappointment, their feeling of defeat and disarray. This dismay and fear, the disciples were in fear. It says they have the doors closed. They like lock the church doors. Because we're afraid of the authorities. They might come and guess what? They might do to us what they just did to our leader. So they're fearful. So when he comes and says, peace be with you, that's already calming. Hey, guys, you're safe. Don't need to worry. He goes and they're, they're discouraged. Think about this. If you were them, your friend, your leader, the inspiration you have has died a horrible death. And so many thoughts I'm sure came to mind. So did Jesus' plan and his promise, did they fail? Is it, is it all over? Everything that we've done for the last three years, the mission, the dreams, the, the, the kingdom that he was talking about, is it all gone? I'm sure doubt. So we believed he was special, but was he? Is he the son of God? Is he the chosen one, the Messiah? Was it worth our time over the last three plus years and all that we have given and sacrificed and what we have done? The disappointment and defeat and guilt that I'm sure they were wrestling with because they abandoned Christ at the worst time. Before his death, the night before, they, they all said, hey, Jesus, we'll follow you wherever you go. And in fact, we'll die for you. The scriptures say every one of them to a T said, no, we will be with you. But once they got into the kitchen and they started getting hot, they bailed out. And they ran, they abandoned him. And Peter got to the point where he denied even knowing. I don't even know the man that you're talking about. And then some came back and saw him at the cross, but yet they didn't stand up and defend him and support him, saying, hey, hold on, can we vouch for him? They stayed quiet and watched. And so I'm sure the feelings of guilt and disappointment in themselves was great. And the disarray and confusion, and so they're wrestling with all this, but then they have one of their friends come in, Mary, and say, guys, he's not there. Peter and John say, you know what? It's right. He's not there. 
And so the confusion, what is going on? And Jesus comes in and says, peace be with you. Not once, not twice, but three times, telling us that the empty tomb brings about full peace in our lives. And we see this again. Hey, you're afraid. You're safe. You're confused. Guys, I'm alive. You're discouraged. He didn't come in when he, when he opened up the door and said, guys, I'm so mad right now. How could you leave me? Remember what you said? I'm out of here. No, he came in and what did he do? Him coming was restoring a relationship. Peace be with you. And so we see he deals with their discouragement, their confusion, their fear. He goes and he gives them again. He says, look, after he says this, he shows them the signs, but it says they were overjoyed now. They went from fear and sad and all these confusion to now they're fired up. Like my man Nick when he gets up here and leads a song. Nick be getting a little soul too. He be out here rocking, you know what I'm saying? But he goes and he says, peace be with you. And he tells him, hey, the Father has sent me, and now he's sending you. My word is true. I'm the Son of God. The plans, all that thing we talked about, it's still in motion. In fact, this is the pinnacle now. And I need you guys to keep going forward. Don't lose hope. In fact, this should resurrect your hope that you had prior. And, and, fulfill, and, and so that you can remember and fulfill the mission that I'm giving you. And here's the interesting part. Jesus didn't give this peace before his resurrection because this peace came in the resurrection. The peace came in the resurrection. There's no way he could provide this peace before he died and resurrected. Do you understand what I'm saying? The peace can only come in and through the resurrection. Whoa, you really are the son of God. Whoa, this kingdom that you're talking about, this is all real. We believed it, but it's confirmed now in a magnificent way in which we cannot deny. And we see this peace that is overwhelming. And with an empty tomb, it brought about souls that were full of peace. So what does that mean for you and me today? Well, here's what it means for us. It means this. The tomb is still empty. The tomb is still empty. The empty tomb that brought full peace then brings full peace today for you and me. The resurrection of Jesus brings peace to our core, peace of mind, peace of heart, peace of soul. The same thing that they have felt that we feel through life's ups and downs, we have peace in and through Jesus' resurrection. And so we say, hallelujah, the tomb is still empty. You know, I've been saying that phrase a lot lately here. The tomb is still empty. Some of you guys have been around me when I've said this. I'm usually, I'm struggling emotionally when I say this. And uh, so I was with Jay Myron. He's one of our, our uh, friends. He's also one of the ministers here in South Orange, Orange County for us. And I don't know where we were, what happened. But we were having some challenges. Maybe it was technical difficulties, discouraging news. Something was going on. He was like, man, hey, man, but the tomb is still empty. And I was like, you're right. The tomb is still empty. I said, hey, man, I need to hear that. And I've been sticking to that. 
In fact, I, I was going to preach it this morning. Karina can verify. I started getting some messages and I was like, oh, Lord, the tomb is still empty. <laughs> because what does that mean that the tomb is still empty? It means a whole lot. It means that that peace that they had, we can have now in life's ups and downs. No matter what the circumstances, we have that peace because the tomb isn't filled with Jesus' dead body. It's empty, therefore he's alive. He's the Messiah, the chosen one, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And those who choose to follow him have this peace that is not in parts, but that is full. And how does all this work? Because again, if he has resurrected and the tomb is empty, that means he lives. That means he's the son of God. And guess what? That means his word, his teaching and his promises are true. So the things that he said, they are true and apply to you and me in 2022. And so if we here are followers of Jesus, then we can have peace when we're fearful, when we're discouraged, disappointed, defeated or confused. We have peace from the assurance of Christ, his presence with us. We have peace from the bondage and slavery from our sin. We have peace that God will fulfill his promises. We have peace that God is patient with us during our seasons of doubt or when we're like Thomas and we're hard-headed and slow to learn. We have peace when we fail, when we don't live up to what we should, when we make Poor choices. We can still have peace. We can have peace when we receive that diagnosis from the doctor. We can have peace when we're thinking about graduation and the uncertainty that's out there. We can have peace when we're looking for a new career or we, we receive that job loss. We can have peace when we have issues with our family and friends. We can have peace when those loved ones when they disappoint us and fail us. We can have peace when nothing is going right. We can have peace when there's a pandemic going on. We can have peace when the world is at odds. We can have peace when there's conflict about political issues. We can have peace in and through the resurrection of Christ because the tomb is still empty. We can have peace that things will be better in the grand scheme of things. We can have peace from the fear of death, hell, and punishment. Peace that Jesus will return and will redeem us. And we can have peace that, yes, like my friend Steve Stevens says, the better days are yet to come. We have peace in the resurrection. We have peace because the tomb is still empty. Tell the person to your left or to your right, tell them the tomb is still empty. Would you like to have this peace? Would you like to have this peace daily? Would this peace perhaps have an impact upon your life? You just said it. The tomb is still empty. So therefore, that peace is available. It hasn't left. It hasn't evacuated. It hasn't left the building. It's been there the whole time. It's ready and available and accessible for you and me today. And this is why we have to recall that the tomb is still empty. Amen. The problem is some of us, we either don't know 
or we easily forget that the tomb is empty. And we live like it's the Saturday after the resurrection. We live like, like the tomb is still filled. Therefore, the promises we're unsure about. We don't know if this is going to happen. We don't know if we can trust him. Can I really follow him? Is his way, his ethics, his laws, do they really help me in my life? And so we live like this, insecure and uncertain, dismayed, discouraged, doubtful, disappointed, defeated. And what does that lead to? Worry, lack of trust, and oftentimes it leads to us making poor choices, choices that we regret, choices we're like, oh, man, that was foolish. And then we reap the consequences from that. Some of us, we get angry. Some of us, we chase after material possessions. But then we come to realize that they're never enough and they never satisfy. And some of us, we're forfeiting. And some of us, we're exchanging the peace with God and the peace for our soul for a false joy, a temporary pleasure, or a counterfeit peace. But the tomb it's still empty. The tomb is still empty today. And so the peace that it provided can be the peace that you and I enjoy, not just on a resurrection Sunday, but on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. The tomb is still empty for you and me. And so that peace in the midst of whatever is available, we just have to make sure we tap into it. How do we tap into it? We remember, we trust and then we take steps of faith in living, knowing that the tomb is still empty. His promises are true. He is the Lord, the Messiah. He is the Son of God who will redeem his people. And so this means to pursue tomb peace, to pursue the tomb peace. And for some of us, well, let me, let me point this out. You know, he says, peace be with you. But who did he say that to? He said it to his disciples. He didn't say it to the masses, those who weren't following. He said it to those who had been faithful to him. Hey, peace be with you. And so what does that tell us? That this peace is for those who are truly following Jesus. This peace, unfortunately, it's like the employee discounts, the family and friends discount. It doesn't apply to you if you're not friends and family. It doesn't apply unless I'm in the company. It doesn't apply. I don't get the employee discount just by knowing somebody who is an employee. And maybe you've done that some cricket ways. We're not getting it all there. Don't go too far. <laughs> but the peace is unavailable for those of us who claim to believe, but yet our lives live contrary to his teachings. The peace, unfortunately, you can see from a distance. You can see your friend have it, but you yourself, you won't be able to experience until you make a decision to put your trust in him and follow him. And all that peace that we've talked about is accessible for you and me. And for some of us, and so I want to call every one of us here, if that's you, to begin or perhaps return to the journey with God, filled with peace. The best way to do this 
is to study the Bible. You know, he mentioned earlier, he got together with some guys, he studied the Bible, and he was able to find out about Jesus, the hope, the resurrection, the cross, how that applied to his life. I want to encourage you today to study the Bible and discover or perhaps rediscover this peace from Jesus. Now, I know we have some people in a large group like this, and, and we understand this. And even for those who have us been around for 20 years, we want to, but yet we can struggle with some things. Maybe there's some things about the faith that we're like, you know, I get, but I don't get. I'm wrestling with this. This is a hurdle for me. How, how, can, I, how can I get these questions answered? Well, I want to encourage you that if you're visiting here with us today to join us for the next couple of weeks, because we're going to do a little series here called Help Me Believe. And we're going to be talking about some of these things that are hurdles for us to believe in this resurrected Jesus and be able to tackle these things so that we can come to a rock solid faith and be able to follow this Lord of Lords. Now, for other others of us, I want to call you to celebrate, to reflect, to rejoice and remember the foundation of your faith and salvation. And let's pursue the full peace of God from the empty tomb by trusting God's word and his will for our lives and honor him with holy lives. And so, as we conclude, the empty tomb equals full peace. The tomb is still empty. Let's make a decision to pursue tomb peace. Let's close out in John chapter 20. Church, are you still with me? A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Brothers and sisters, he is risen and the tomb is still empty. Amen.